We begin this morning with a question. If one does something bad accidentally, is one liable, is one responsible? This is the topic of discussion in the portion of Shaftim, chapter number 19, verses 1 through number 13. The Torah tells us that if a person killed another person accidentally, inadvertently, it was not planned, it just happened, that individual who committed the crime needs to run to the Ari Miklot, a city of refuge, and there they need to remain until the passing of the high priest. This is called the mitzvah of Ari Miklot. If the person that committed the sin, the perpetrator, did not run to the city of refuge, then the relative of the deceased the relative of the murdered person has a mitzvah to go and kill the perpetrator. So therefore, you must run to the city of refuge. If not, you're in big trouble. Your life is in danger. This is the pshat. This is the simple interpretation of the mitzvah of Ari Miklot. The Torah tells us here in the portion of Shaftim, that in addition to the six cities of refuge that the Jewish people were obligated to establish for this incident, for one who killed inadvertently, says the Torah, if God will expand your borders, in verse number 8, if Hashem is if God will expand your borders, then you shall add three more cities of refuge, which would be now a total of nine cities of refuge. This is the pshat, the simple interpretation. What is the remez drush soyed chsidis on this verse, on this chapter, on this mitzvah? <clears throat> the Rambam tells us as follows. The Rambam says in the laws of kings, that when Mashiach will come, number one, he will establish the kingship and the kingdom of the house of David. Number two, he will build the holy temple and gather all the Jewish people together. Number three, he will return all the laws of the Torah as they were in old, all 613 commandments of the Torah. In other words, today in exile, in the diaspora, one cannot fulfill the majority of the Torah. The Rambam says that on an average day, we are only able to fulfill 10% of the Torah, 60 mitzvahs of the Torah. When Mashiach will come, once again we will have kingship, we will have a holy temple, we will have sacrifices, etc., etc. You will be able to fulfill the entire Torah. Says the Rambam, what is the proof 
of Mashiach in the Torah. It doesn't speak about Mashiach in the Torah. What's the proof in the Torah, in the five books of Moses, that Mashiach is going to come? Now, in the books of the prophets, we talk about it in many, many places. But in the actual five books of Moses, where do we find this? And the Rambam brings three proofs. The third proof that he brings is from this verse over here in chapter 19, verse number 8. He says, If God will expand your borders, you should add three more cities of refuge, says the Rambam, God does not make up a story in vain. He does not give us a commandment in vain. If he's saying, if the land will expand, then you shall do this, means it must happen. When? When Mashiach comes. The Rebbe talks about this in great length, why the Rambam needs three proofs, and what's unique about each proof. And the Rebbe explains that this proof, the third proof the Rambam brings, is a mitzvah. And a mitzvah has to it a specific power and energy. And that is, as the Rambam himself says, a mitzvah is eternal. It can never be changed. And therefore, because it has this eternality, and it is unchangeable, it has the power that is going to take place in, the, in real time, in the real world. And as we know that, the Medrash tells us, the mitzvahs that God commands us to do, He must do Himself. So if He commands us to do this mitzvah, therefore He Himself must bring the Mashiach. So this is, the Rem is the hint of this mitzvah. And furthermore, the Rabbeinu Bachayi says that the word ve'im and if actually means vadai for sure. Not if it will happen, but the Torah is telling us for sure this will happen. And that's the meaning of the word ve'im. The Rechaim adds another detail, and he says that the Torah goes on to say, ki sishmer has called ha mitzvah zois. In verse number 9, the Torah says, when you observe this entire commandment to perform it, and then it goes on to say, to love God your Lord, and to go in His ways all the days of your life. Then you shall establish three additional cities, implying, says the Rechaim, that the way for Mashiach to come, is by serving God out of love, not serving God out of fear. And I believe we are living today in a generation when the majority of observant Jews and the majority of people who are serving God are serving God out of love. Years ago, when we were raised in communist countries, everything was fear. Even many years ago, it was fear of the strap, it was fear of punishment. Today, Punishment does not scare kids. You tell them, I'm going to do this to you, that to you, they couldn't care less. They smile on your face. Go ahead, do it. <laughs> they don't care. Today, Judaism and Torah and observance is out of love. If I want to, I'll do it. If I don't want to, no one can force me. And therefore, we find many Bali Truvis, many returnees to Judaism, and many converts to Judaism. It's not out of fear. It's out of this inner love that they have to serve Almighty God. And this is a sign, a proof, that we are living now in the Yemoyah Mashiach, in the days of Mashiach, that Mashiach is about to reveal himself as Erechaim HaKadosh tells us that this is the way Mashiach will come through love. This is the Remes.
What is drush? What is the homiletics? We have a serious question here. And that is, on one hand, the Torah tells us that when Mashiach comes, we need to add three cities of refuge. On the other hand is, why do we need cities of refuge when Mashiach comes? In other words, one of the reasons why we need the city of refuge is that if accidentally you kill someone, then the avenger of the blood will come and chase after you and kill you. The avenger of the blood is someone who is angry, who has, his blood is heated, he's upset, he has kin of the sachas, as the Ramam says. And on one hand, when Mashiach will come, you won't have jealousy, you won't have this envy. So if you don't have jealousy or envy, and you won't have this anger, why will you chase someone to kill them? Why then do you need a cities of refuge? And on a deeper level, the person that was killed by the person that killed someone accidentally is someone that murdered someone else. And now he's being punished. He himself is being killed. And when Mashiach comes, nobody will kill somebody else. It's going to be a world of peace and harmony. So why do we need the cities of refuge? So the answer is that, number one, the cities of refuge will be there for the people who killed others accidentally before Mashiach came. And now they need an atonement. In other words, today, there is no city of refuge. So if someone accidentally murders someone else, or kills someone else, they cannot find complete atonement because they did not go to the city of refuge. So when Mashiach will come and the world will now reach its level of shlemut, its level of perfection, even those who killed someone else accidentally will be able to go to the city of refuge and find this atonement for their sin. As we find that Rabbi Shmuel in the Gemara tells us that every time he made a mistake, he would write a note for himself. When Mashiach will come and they will build the holy temple, I will bring a sin offering for my mistake. So he had a list of all his mistakes he made for all his sin offerings. And similarly, this idea of the Arimikla, the city of refuge, is for one who killed someone else by mistake, accidentally, inadvertently, they can now run to the city of refuge for atonement. Furthermore, there are actually three types of punishments. There's the punishment that the Beth Din incurs upon a person, brings upon a person when they sin. Then there's the punishment that comes from heaven, that God brings upon the person. And then there's a third aspect of atonement. And that is if you accidentally kill someone else, then the avenger of the blood has a right to go and kill you. It's a third category of punishment. And therefore, even after Mashiach comes, that person has the mitzvah to take revenge for the spilling of the blood of his relative. And that's why we will need the city of refuge. This is Drush. What does Soid, what does the esoteric part of Torah say about this? Number one, it's interesting to note that the chapter is chapter 19. 
and the verse is verse number 8. Both of them allude to Mashiach's times. Because 19 is the miloi of Shema Vaya, which means number 19 is the filler name of God's name, or filler letters of God's name. So when you spell out God's name, the Yud and the He and the Vav and the He, and you spell out the letter Yud, Yud Vav Dalit, and He, He Aleph, and Vav, Vav Aleph, Vav, and He, He Aleph, these additional letters equal 19. In other words, 19 represents revealing godliness to the world. Right now, God creates the world every moment anew. Ex nihilo. You don't see it. When Mashiach comes, we're going to see it. The revelation of God. That's number 19. Furthermore, the number 8, verse number 8, alludes to Mashiach. Because Mashiach, when he will come, they will play the harp of eight strings in the Holy Temple. Furthermore, 7 is nature, 8 is beyond nature. So the number 8 alludes to Mashiach. So therefore, in chapter 19, verse number 8, we talk about the im yachav Hashem that God will expand your borders when Mashiach will come. Furthermore, according to Esoteric, according to Sod, the Arim Miklot, the cities of refuge, are actually a metaphor for the study of Torah. How? The Gemara says, Divrei Torah Koyotin. The words of Torah are a refuge. If you need to run into a city of refuge, run into the Torah. The Torah protects us from the entire world. Now there are two aspects to Torah. There are the six cities of refuge that the Jewish people made when they first came into the land of Israel. Starting with prior to the death of Moshe and then afterwards. And then there's going to be the three additional cities where Mashiach comes. Why? Because the number six alludes to the six books of the Mishnah. Alluding to the books of Halacha, which is primarily the study of Torah in this world before the coming of Mashiach. There's Talmud, Halacha, which is application of Torah law to transform the physical world. However, after Mashiach comes, there's going to be a Torah Chadasha, a whole new revelation of Torah, which will be introduced through Mashiach, which is the teachings of Kabbalah and Chassidus, in a much deeper way, that the entire world will learn, and that will be the primary teaching of Mashiach, and the preoccupation of the entire world. As the Ramam says, the preoccupation of the entire world will be to know God. To know God means by learning these secrets of the Torah. So these secrets of the Torah are represented by the number three, which is basically the, the idea of Chabad, Chachma Bin Adas, which deals with refining the mind and the three intellectual faculties of the soul. So when Mashiach will come, God will expand the land of Israel and we will acquire the cities of Keni, Kriz, Vikadmoini, or the nations of Keni, Kriz, and Kadmoini. And therefore, we will have a new level of Torah which is and Torah in general is represented by three. It was given in the third month through a third child to a people of three, and the books are three, etc., etc. And therefore there will be a new revelation when Mashiach will come. This is the hint of the expansion of the land and the three additional cities of refuge alluding to the new level of Torah that's going to be revealed. What does Chassidus say? 
Hasidus has a question, and that is, why do we need the cities of refuge when Mashiach comes? If the Rambam says that the preoccupation of the entire world will come to know God, why then do we need cities of refuge dealing with death and killing, etc., etc.? And the Rebbe makes a very powerful concept here. And he says there are two basic stages that we are familiar with. One is called Yumois HaMashiach, the days of Mashiach. And one is called Olam Atchia, the world of resurrection. Now, in the days of Mashiach, when Mashiach will come, and he'll build the Holy Temple, and gather together all the Jews, and at that time the nations of the world will also flow, and stream, and live stream, to, to the Holy Temple. The world will be filled with the knowledge of God, as the Ramam says, and the preoccupation will be to know God. But, but, there will still be the reality of evil in the world. So, good will be overwhelming, and the choice of most people will be to do good over evil, However, the existence of evil will still be prevalent. And therefore, to protect ourselves from this evil, not to, God forbid, accidentally make mistakes and violate Torah law, we will make three more cities of refuge which allude to the secrets of the Torah, which is the teachings of Kabbalah and Chassidus, on a much deeper level, now we have a taste of it, a taste of the world to come. But then it's going to be prevalent and throughout the entire world, and accessible to all. And this is hinted by the three cities of refuge to give us the power to overcome any of these temptations and the remnants of evil that are still found within the universe. However, after the resurrection of the dead, after when the dead will come back to life, that stage is not only that there will be the resurrection of the dead, but that also represents a higher vibration of godliness, a higher reality. Then evil will be eradicated from the face of the earth. Evil will be removed, totally annihilated. There will be no such concept of evil, of ra, in the world. And then you no longer need the cities of refuge. And therefore it only alludes to the first step, which is Yumois HaMashiach. At that time we're going to need these cities of refuge. All of this is connected to the month in which we find ourselves, which is the month of Elul. And we just blew the chauffeur before we began. That the month of Elul is known to be a city of refuge. The entire month we have the opportunity to jump into this month and remove ourselves from the entire chaotic, turbulent world and find peace and tranquility and to do tshuva and to fix ourselves and repent for the entire year that has passed. But we need to go to the city of refuge. In other words, we need to increase in the study of Torah. And that is why the word El is the acronym for Inna Liyodai Visamti Lucha which is the verse associated with the city of refuge. That if by mistake it will happen 
that you will kill someone else, then you shall run to the city of refuge. That is the meaning of Elul. So therefore we know that this is the message of Elul. Number one, to jump into the city of refuge. Number two, to study Torah in general. And number three, to learn the secrets of Torah in particular. And this will protect us from all the evil around us and we won't even be tempted accidentally to make a mistake. Because even for sins that are done by mistake, even sins that are done accidentally, inadvertently, Torah holds us liable and we are responsible to fix and to repent and do tshuva and return. A story is told that the Rebbe Rashab was traveling together with his son, the Rebbe Ayatz, the fifth and sixth Lubavitcher Rebbe's. They were going to Sabrinka, to their summer house. And on the way, they passed through Beshenkovich. And as they were passing through the hills of Beshenkovich, the Rebbe Rashab noticed there were two teachers sitting on the ground. One was Raperitz, and one was Rab Nachemendel. And he sees that they're engrossed, that the eyes are closed and they're talking. He tells his wagon driver, get closer, I want to see what's happening, I want to hear them. The Rebbe Rishab got very close to Raperitz and Rab Menachemendel, and they did not notice the Rebbe Rishab and the Friedrich Rebbe in the wagon. The eyes were closed, and the Rebbe Rishab hears how Raperitz is repeating the Hasidic discourse that the Rebbe Rishab said on Shavuos. And he turns to his son, the Rebbe Ayas, the Fidik Rebbe, and he says, you know, for 5,661 years, 9 months and 13 days and 15 hours, this piece of earth was waiting for these two teachers to sit and talk the secrets of the universe, to sit and give over a Hasidic discourse. The souls in heaven are envious of these two, Malamdim, these two teachers. And their grandfathers, who are also teachers, have tremendous nachas and joy and pride from their grandchildren, who are sitting and repeating words of the Holy Torah. And then he went on to say a fabulous statement in the name of the Rebbe, the Mitla Rebbe, that the Mitla Rebbe said, that school teachers are even more holy and more important and were beloved and beloved in the eyes of the middle Rebbe than great rabbis. And he said, why? Because these school teachers inculcate into the children and into the students the care of godliness and the feeling of godliness. The Rebbe Rashab said that these teachers are the Avramavinus, they are the Abrahams of our generation. So this is the message of Elul. We need to become the Avramavinus. We need to be the teachers. It's up to us to change the world, to inspire our children, to inspire our colleagues, to inspire our neighbors. And when we do this, the souls in paradise are envious. And the souls of our ancestors are smiling and are receiving tremendous nachas and tremendous pride. 
And so it's customary to wish each and every one of you at this time to be written and inscribed and sealed for a happy and healthy sweet new year with health and nachas and pride and simchis and joyous occasions and sustenance and parnash and the ultimate, the ultimate blessing, Tavshin Pegimul, a year of Plois Gedoyle's great wonders, and a year of Pedus and Geula, a year of redemption and the coming of Mashiach. Bimheda Bimenu Amen.